0: Do you feel blessed today? Yeah. All right, that's what I thought. Okay. Um, I love that song because it reminds us that in the, even in the worst days, we are blessed when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So it is so good to be reminded of that all the time. I'm excited today to share with you out of the book of James as we continue our series. And as a reminder, James is so important, as all the books are, but it's so important from an application standpoint. If you want to look for some clear application on what the Bible, what God wants you to do, go to James. And so we're going to pick up in chapter 5 today. I think of uh, what James told us early on in his book, where it says, don't just be hearers of the Word, but what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to do it. Over in 1 Corinthians 8.1, the Apostle Paul says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And the idea there is not that knowledge is bad, but we can take in a lot of knowledge of the Bible, we could know the Bible, we could do great on a Bible trivia show, but we could also not be living it out. And so we wanna make sure that we're doing that, and that's what we wanna do today as we delve into this. Today, we're talking about patience. All right, so if you wanna leave, you're like, oh man, I picked the wrong day to come to church. I'll give you, you know, everybody's going to stay, that's good, but we're going to learn about patience today because patience is something God wants us to know how to live out. How do we, how does that show up in our lives? We as a culture hate waiting. Does anybody like waiting for anything? The first thing I thought of when I was reading the scripture about waiting is it was, it was Christmas. When I was a kid You know, Christmas was exciting, and I mean, it still is, but it was different then, because I couldn't wait till Christmas Day got there, and we we couldn't open our gifts till Christmas morning, and then Christmas Eve night, you know, it was hard to sleep, because we were so excited about getting up, and the anticipation was just overwhelming. We had to wait, and it was hard to do. A more recent example of me waiting was yesterday. I was working on this message, and my Microsoft Word was not working right. And I was getting very impatient. I was like, Lori can tell you. I was like, okay, I just, I just can't. Okay, come on, it's not working. So she said, well, let me try it. Uh, she could, it. She couldn't get it to work either. I checked with my electrical engineer daughter, and uh, it might have been her that said, hey, here's, why don't you reboot it? Whoever told me that, it worked but I got i was just getting really impatient. It doesn't take much for us to get impatient. Think of like traffic, okay? That'll test our patience, right? Who wants to wait in traffic or restaurants or long lines? Uh, one of the things I appreciate about one of the restaurants we go to is every time we go there, they tell us it's going to be 20 or 25 minutes, and we're usually in about 10 or 15. It's very strategic, but we feel like, wow, we only waited 10 or 15 minutes because they told us 20. But none of us like to wait. Now, one of the things that's really the hardest on me is when I'm making my coffee with the Keurig, and I realize it's going to take one minute, a whole minute i got to sit there and watch that thing drip and drip and run, and it takes forever. But we, we're so impatient as a culture, we just don't like to wait. Uh, I was reading this in an illustration from yesterday I found. It was talking about Disney World. When you go to Disney World, you get in some of these lines that are long, which is majority of them, uh, but you get in those lines, and at certain points in the line, it'll tell you how far it is to the front. Okay? Hey, 35 more minutes, or some of them, three months. You'll be there in three months. But... Wouldn't it be nice if we had that? You know, as we're waiting, if we had a sign that said, hey, hang in there. You know, your children, they're acting like idiots right now. In four years, they'll act like adults, okay? Or for my wife, she might want one that says, hey, in 10 years, your husband will act like an adult. <laughs> that would be excellent, but we don't have that. So we just, we, we exhibit patience, and we endure because we trust that's what God wants us to do, that he's in control. and That's what we're going to kind of delve into um, and learning today how God wants us to wait. How does he want us to live out this patience? So Warren Weersby, uh, in his commentary, he describes patience as this, to stay put and stand fast when you'd like to run away. It's enduring, it's, it's hanging in there. We've all been in situations like that. It could be a family reunion, it could be a job, it could be... Any kind of setting where we're like, you know what, I just, I just want to get out of this. We, we just get impatient. So, I want to look at patience real quick. Before we get into James, just let's see what the Bible has to say about patience and how important it is. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is known as the love chapter. That, that chapter gets read a lot in weddings. Uh, it's a very important chapter. But one of the key verses comes before chapter 13. It's the last verse of chapter 12. It's really important, and it says this. Paul says, I will show you still a more excellent way. And then he goes right into chapter 13. He's saying, hey, you want to know the best way to live, the way God wants you to live? And then he starts going into chapter 13, talking about love. And you get into the first few verses of chapter 13. He tells you, uh, you know, uh, how important love is. But then in verse 4, he starts defining love. Okay, here's what love really is. And the first thing he says is love is patient. And so it must be pretty important because he, he put it first. Love is patient. But then we, we see over in Galatians, also with the fruit of the Spirit, you know, the, the way, the fruit that we should bear as followers of Christ, one of those is patience. We see in the life of Jesus, he perfectly exhibited patience. I always think it's fascinating that he did not start his earthly ministry until he was 30. That doesn't mean he didn't do anything, but you would've thought, man, this guy was the son of God. I mean, he could've started his ministry probably at age seven or whenever he wanted, but he was trusting that God would have him started at the right time. Now, if one of my daughters graduated college at age 22 and said, hey, I say, what are you gonna do with your life? Well, I'm gonna wait and start working at age 30. I'm just gonna stay at home. Well, I might have some concern, all right? But the thing is, we have to trust God. We have to be patient, and Jesus models that for us. Over in Philippians 2, uh, Paul tells us that we're to have the attitude of that as Jesus Christ. We're to reflect him and reflect his character in everything we do. So we're going to see how that applies today as we talk about patience. Now, the patience that uh, James is talking about here, uh, it comes from the word, the Greek word, makrothumos, and macro means big, and thumos means heat. Okay, that's where we get the word thuma, thuma, not thermometer. Thermometer. All right, hot. Okay, it means we're going to be big hot. What that means is what he's trying to tell us is we're long-tempered. It takes a long time for us to get get a temper. It takes a long time for us to get mad and upset. We are slow to anger. We can endure anything. And that's what, that's what patience looks like. And so if you're going to have success as a Christian, if you want to really be what God wants you to be, we have to be patient like he wants us to be. So if you would, turn over your Bibles to James chapter 5. and we're, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, chapter 7. Uh, not chapter 7, chapter 5, but verse 7 uh, through 12. So you can follow along with me. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. So we want to talk today what, some key elements we can pull out of that passage. What does God have to say to us about patience? The first thing we want to look at is when should we be patient? What are some examples? What is James telling us here? When should we be patient? Now, we should be patient all the time, but there's three key areas that he hits on that I think are, that are important. First of all, point one is this. Uh, when we have no control... When we don't have any control of the situation, we have to be patient. Meaning, you know, some things we can control, but we don't have our thumb on everything. We can't control everything. And and, and James goes into this illustration of the farmer. And one of the things we learn is, you don't go into farming unless you are patient. Because part of the job description of, of, of a farmer is you have to do a lot of waiting, okay? You don't plant and then the next day it's there. Okay? You have to wait to till and to, to plant and to prune, and there's a lot of factors of waiting. So if a man is impatient, he's probably not going to be a good farmer. No crop appears overnight unless your, your crop is weeds. That's the only thing that appears overnight. Now, in my house, our chief weed puller is Lori. I, I let her do it because she loves it. She loves to pull weeds, and I don't want to take that from her. But you know what? She will will pull all those weeds out, and by golly, the next day, they might not all be back, but they're all shooting back out of the ground. I mean, it's amazing. You don't have to do anything to grow weeds, but our goal is not to prosper through growing weeds. God has more for us. A farmer is only going to be successful if he has a harvest, if he produces a crop. Remember, the farmer has no control over the weather, the the heat, the economy, all these variables. He can't control all that. But he does have certain things he can control, and he does his part. So in this context, James is talking to Jewish, he's referencing Jewish farmers, because uh, in that area, they needed extra patience because the farming land wasn't always really that great. And so Jewish farmers, they would plow, and they would sow in, what, in kind of what is the autumn months, let's just say the fall. And then the, the early rain would soften the soil. And then the latter rain would come in the early spring, like February or March, and would help mature the harvest. So the farmer had to wait weeks and weeks and weeks to see any result of his effort. It was important that he remembered how important patience was on things that he had no control over. You know, our temptation is whenever we don't have a control over a situation and things aren't going well, we start worrying about things. That's why sometimes we have a hard time letting other people do stuff because we'd rather do it ourselves. But we, we worry about things. We find ways to worry. And I read this quote the other day and I don't know who to attribute, to attribute it to, but it said this, to worry about something you can change is dumb, but to worry about something you can't change is useless. It's just there's no point in doing it. There's no need to worry on things that you cannot change. Either ways, Either way, we shouldn't worry. Now, this past Thursday and Friday, I was really sick. Like, flu-like symptoms, I was in bed, you know, pretty much all day, both days, with occasionally getting out uh, to the couch or outside or something, but wasn't feeling well at all, so I as I was laying around, uh, I was flipping around, find, trying to find something to watch, and I'd come across these Christmas movies, and so um, I came across this one movie on Hallmark that had this great line in it. So this is not Hallmark theology, but it is a good line that kind of stuck with me when they said it. It said, do not live in the worries of tomorrow, choose to live in the peace of today. And, and Jesus tells us that in Matthew, don't worry about tomorrow, it's, it's pointless, we trust God, and when we trust God, if we start worrying about things, it's showing that we don't trust that God is in control. We want to control everything, but we have to trust that God is in control. So we need to have patience in uncontrollable circumstances. But the second time, we, the second area or circumstance when we need to have patience is when we face suffering. Uh, when we face suffering, in verse 10, uh, James says, "As an example of the suffering of suffering in patience, brothers." take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, if we look at the prophets in the Old Testament, they had to go through a lot of suffering. There was a lot of stuff going on. Elijah, okay, he he announced to wicked king Ahab that there would be this drought in the land for three and a half years. And Elijah had to be part of it. He had to go through that with him. He He was not exempt from that suffering. He had to suffer in that drought. Jeremiah was arrested as a traitor and even thrown into a well. Uh, God fed Jeremiah and protected him throughout the siege of Jerusalem, even though at times it looked as though the prophet was going to be killed. Both Ezekiel and Daniel had their share of hardships, but the Lord delivered them. And even those who were not delivered, who lost their, their lives for their faith, they received that special reward for those who are true To God, we'll talk more about that reward in a little bit. But James says, hey, we need to be patient even when we're not in control and even when we face suffering. It's easy to be patient when everything's going great. But you know, all those things I talked about earlier about being patient, waiting on coffee or whatever, all those are just minor. What we're really digging in today is patience when things are not easy, patience when we're suffering. Maybe it's a financial struggle, maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's a relational issue. That's when we have to, have to show the patience. We have to ask God to help us have the patience that he wants us to have. Third, when we don't understand, okay? When do we show patience? When we don't understand. Sometimes we just don't understand what's going on. Uh, James uses the example here of Job. In verse 11, he says, You have heard of the steadfast, steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful, so Job was super wealthy. He had everything going on. He had, he had a great life, a great family, great wealth. And in a two-day period, he lost everything. He went bankrupt. His children were murdered. He, he got an incurable, deadly disease. He had all these problems coming at him. He was suffering materially, financially, physically, socially. But I think the worst part of Job's suffering was he had no idea why it was happening. I mean, it it isn't like God told him why this was happening at the time. He didn't know why this was happening. He didn't understand, and that can be so frustrating when we go through something really difficult, and we just don't understand why. In fact, for most of Job, the book of Job, Job doesn't know what's happening. There was no apparent reason, but it tells us that Job was steadfast, He stuck with it. He endured. You know, life is not fair. Uh, Things are difficult. We live in a fallen world, and whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, we're all going to go through difficult times. And sometimes we just can't figure out why, but we have to make sure that we know that's when we have to show our patience, the patience that God wants us to have. So that's when. But let's look at now the why. Why we should show patience. What does James have to tell us about why we should be patient? Number one is because God is in control. We need to remember that God is in control. That's a good reason for us to show patience. We know as a believer in Christ where this is all going. Verse eight says, You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And that word establish also means strengthen, it means like being encouraged. Okay? Be patient. Be encouraged. Why? For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Okay? God's in control. You know, J- James says several times in this passage that the coming of the Lord is near. Jesus is coming back. This is ultimate proof that God is in control. The Bible says actually more about Jesus' second coming than his first coming. It's, it's a big deal. He has it all under control. And though a situation might be out of my control... No circumstance is out of God's control. God controls everything. He can work everything out. Everything is going to be fine. It might not be easy, but it's going to be fine from the aspect or the, the idea that God is in control and He's working through us for His purpose. Job persevered and He stood fast, and that's what we want to do too. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes there's a delay. You ever get stuck in a situation, maybe it's a health issue? I mean, even on a minor thing, just minor, because this was I just had like flu-like symptoms. I really got impatient for those two days this week that I was like, man, I'm just so tired of being sick, you know, that, and that was the first 10 minutes. Um, but there's serious things that we go through that really test and we pray, God, why don't you deliver us out of this? Why are you letting me go through this? Sometimes, we just have to trust God's timing, because his timing is always perfect. Ours is not, his is. You know, back when I was in my 20s, uh, a couple years ago, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate the laughs. Um, back when I was in my 20s, I spent most of my 20s looking for someone to marry, okay? I was determined to find me a wife, and... So I dated different girls here and there, and uh, there was, you know, several of them. I am just praise God that he didn't let me marry them because that would not have worked out so well. Um, but I finally got to, I was about 28, and I was working at Champions Campus at the time. This is like 1998. And I just came to the point where, you know what? I'm just going to be content with being single if that's what God wants for me. I'm just going to be content. I'm just going to be you know, I'm going to stop looking for a wife because I'm getting tired of getting disappointed and it not working out. And then four weeks later, I met Lori on a blind date. And the point there is, I think God was waiting for me to be content with where he had me. And just trusting, okay, I'm going to stop trying to make this happen. I'm going to just let God take care of it. And that, from that day I met her, that was the best day of her life. my life but we trust in god's timing because his timing is always perfect first timothy 6 6 says this but godliness with contentment is great gain okay contentment matters we have to trust god's in control we can trust in that because we know as believers in christ the second reason why is that because god rewards patience he rewards patience Uh, Verse 11 says, behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You know, the second half of Job's life was much more blessed than the first half, okay? God blessed him abundantly, okay? Now, that doesn't mean God's going to double everything after we go through a struggle, but the idea and the promise is God's going to reward us on some level because our character's going to grow, We're going to be a stronger influence to those around us if we handle struggles and tough times the way Christ wants us to handle them. And we show patience and we show trust in him. There's a lot of benefits of being patient because God rewards that. You know, the people around you, we can really have an impact on the people around us that do not know Christ if they see how a Christian handles tough times. It doesn't mean we have to smile and act like tough times are fun or they're enjoyable. No, they they hurt. They're painful. But we can go through them with patience, recognizing and remembering the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. I like this quote that I found uh, yesterday when I was reading. It says, the impact of a faithful, godly life carries much power. We need to remind ourselves that our patience in times of suffering is a testimony to those that are around us. It is. They see how we live it out. But it's not on just this side of heaven that we get rewards. You know, if you're suffering, if you're in a situation where you're suffering because of your faith, uh, Jesus tells us over in Matthew 5, 13 and 14, he says, Blessed are you when, when others revile you and persecute you and other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. Or so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You know, when people put you down or they criticize you or, you know, you're being persecuted because of your faith, I mean, look to the prophets. Look what they went through. Look how God worked through them. We're going to, we're going to have tough experiences. That's why it's so important to, to learn more about what, how God worked in the Old Testament and work through those prophets. We can learn and see how God was with them even through the difficult times. The cool thing about Jesus Christ is he's not over there saying, hey, come over here to where I am. No, he goes to where you are and he wants to walk with you. He wants to walk with you. He's not waiting on the other side of the struggle. He's in it with you. He's walking with you through it. It's so important we remember that. Now, oftentimes when we go through, if we're being persecuted or not treated right, We want to retaliate or revenge, or show have, you know, revenge, and we have to remember that retaliation and revenge are not fruit of the Spirit. No, patience is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So we need to be patient because God is in control, and he's going to reward patience. But then the third reason why is because God is working out his purposes in our lives. We trust God. That everything we go through, he is working through us to accomplish his purposes. Again, going back to verse 11 uh, about Job, it says, You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord. Now, that phrase, purpose of the Lord, could also be translated, you you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. You've seen the result. You've seen God's purpose. Okay, Just saying, hey, there's there's a reason. God is working for you for some reason. He's allowing you to go for this, for, to go through this for some reason. God was working. So if you've been praying for an answer and you haven't gotten it, um, you keep persevering and you trust that because we have faith, God is going to work that out. That's the, the illustration of the farmer. He plants the seed, he waits for the seed, and while he's waiting, God is working behind the scenes to cause the plant to grow. God does his part, and we do. Our part. Uh, Romans 8 which is one of my favorite scriptures, says, And we know that in all things God works together for the good of those who are love Him and are called according to His purpose. Now, this is a promise for Christians. It doesn't just say God works for the good for everybody, it says for those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. That doesn't say you're never going to go through a struggle, but what it does say is God can use anything in your life that you go through. For his benefit. Now, we're going to go through painful times. We're going to go through suffering on some levels. But we trust that he is going to work through that. If we have to be patient, and we have to trust him. So we've talked about the when. We've talked about the why. So let's talk about now how we should be patient. While we're waiting on God to get us out of whatever situation we're in. Uh, whatever struggle you're facing or whatever struggle you might face. What should we do? What should it look like? How should we live out this patience? One, Number one is this. Wait with great expectation. Okay, wait with great expectation. Verse 7, going back to James, says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. Okay, what does a farmer do while he's waiting on God to grow the crop? Does he just sit there and watch reruns all day and wait for it to grow? No, he plays a role. He goes out there and he's still tending the crop, Because he has a role to play. He has something to do. He doesn't doesn't sit there and do nothing. If this crop is going to work, he's got to participate. James didn't tell these suffering believers that he's writing to here just to go up on a hill and just sit there in peace and wait on God. No, we have a job to do while we're here, while we're waiting, while we're patiently waiting for for God. And if, if you're going through a struggle, he's got something he wants you to do in that struggle. And you just keep obeying him and you keep pushing through. I would sum it up like this. What does God want us to do while we're still here on earth? Well, just, let's just make it simple. How about the great commandment and the great commission? Okay? The great commandment says, love God, love people. And that just really kind of goes all over the place. But then the great commission is all about uh, winning people to Christ, sharing the gospel, teaching them to obey, and spreading the word around the world. That's what we're to do. We don't just stand around and wait. And whatever situation you're in, no matter how difficult, God can use that. And you never stop loving God. You never stop loving people. You never stop uh, looking for opportunities to be a witness and a light for Jesus Christ. That's what we do. That's why he allows us to go through that, and he's preparing us for something. You know, Jesus, again, waited 30 years till his ministry started. 30 years of preparation And he was the perfect son of God. So we just have to trust God's timing. Isaiah 49, 23 says, those who wait for me shall not be put to shame. We wait on God, just trusting that he's going to come through when it's in his timing, when it's best for him. But then the other way that we show how we should exhibit patience in our lives is be slow to speak. And this is kind of a reference back to the beginning of James, James 1.19, where it says, be slow to speak, slow to anger, quick to listen. But I put it under slow to speak, and I want us to think about two things he says in this passage that help us just to keep our focus. Because a lot of times, when we go through a difficult time, when you're sick or when you're dealing with a difficult situation, whatever it is, you start getting frustrated you start getting angry, you start just probably saying things you shouldn't say because we get disgruntled. And in verse 9, here's what James says. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Why does he talk about grumbling in the middle of talking about patience? Because it's hard to be quiet when you're frustrated or when you're under stress or when things aren't going well. I mean, I get like that. I mean, when things aren't going well in certain areas, I get frustrated and it's hard to stay quiet. We want to grumble, mumble, you know, complain, moan. Uh, maybe we want to blame other people. Another translation of the scripture says, don't blame your troubles on one another. Okay, we tend to do that. We just we get so frustrated and we just, just grumble. I think of uh, uh, this uh, quote I was told a long time ago. And it just said, hey, Christians need to focus on ceasing the petty conflicts. That's why we get caught up on petty conflicts that don't really matter. But a lot of times, here's what I've learned when I've counseled people or when somebody is coming to me and they're angry about something, there's usually a lot more behind it than what they're talking about because they're going through something really difficult. But as believers, we have to do not grumble. We have to, it does no good. It just causes disunity. Now, uh, about, I don't know, 10 years ago, well, about 15 years ago, I guess, all these Avengers movies started coming out, okay, the Marvel movies. Well, the first one, it seemed like every time they had the movie where they all came together, you know, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, all those guys, every time they would team up and something would go wrong, they'd start blaming each other, okay, okay, or at least some of them would. Uh, And, you know, it just caused more division. They were never effective until they came together and worked together. And that's the idea here. No grumbling and dissension. We should draw together. In fact, when you know someone's going through suffering, we should pour more into them and love them and show them the love of Christ. But also when we think about being quiet, there's two things. Not only should we not grumble, but verse 12 says this. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. So let me be clear. We're not talking about cursing here. That's not what we're talking about. Swear is like saying, hey, If you don't believe me, no, I swear, because apparently you've done something where someone doesn't believe you, and so you have to swear to try to validate that what you say is true. When I was a kid, we would say, if I would tell somebody something, and they said, I don't believe you, I'd say, no, no, I, I swear, I swear. Well, what James is saying here is we need to live a life of integrity where we never have to swear on anything, but our yes is always yes, and our no is always no, And so we have to be careful how we speak when we're going through struggles, that we don't grumble, that we don't give anybody any reason to doubt our integrity. And integrity means that we're the same no matter where we are, at home, at church, at school, at work, we're consistently, we have the character of God. We should never compromise our integrity. And then last, we need to remember God's compassion and mercy, okay? Okay? That's what we're to do. That gets us through these tough times, remembering God's passion compassion and mercy. Going back to Job, the end of that 11 says, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Now, that is a big deal. Compassion is a powerful word. It means like it's in the gut. It's really, man, intense. I use the word sympathy. Sympathy is if you see someone, you kind of feel bad for them. Then empathy is if you see someone, and you feel bad for them, and it really kind of hurts you. Compassion is the deepest. It's like you wish you could take their place. And see, that's what we have in Jesus Christ. He took our place on the cross. He is a compassionate God. In fact, when you read the Lord's Prayer, and it says, our Father, that Father has the implication of compassion. He is a compassionate Father. He loves us, but then he also shows us mercy, Mercy just means that we don't get what we deserve, thankfully. We don't get what we deserve. And see, Job, he never lost his confidence. And we can be confident because of the compassion and the mercy of God. Micah, the prophet Micah said, I will wait confidently for God. How do we do that? We have hope. We have hope. And so that's something that should get us through everything. 1 Peter 3.15 says that we should always be ready to share the reason for the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's so important that we remember that because that impacts the world around us. So how do you wait? Confidently. You just you sit, sit still in the presence of the Lord, trust him, and wait for him to act. Wait for him to show you the next step. What does he want you to do? Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wait patiently. I don't like patience. But I do know this: whether I like it or not, doesn't change the fact that that's what God wants in me, and that's what He wants in you, because that is reflecting Christ. So while you're waiting, whatever you go through or are going through now, or you might go through, or while we're waiting for Jesus to come back, never mistake God's silence for His absence. As a believer in Christ, He is always right there with you. I want you to close your eyes this morning and. I want us to remember how awesome it is as a believer in Christ that we have a God that walks with us through every circumstance. You might be dealing, again, with so many issues or an issue, or you just came out of a major issue, a time of suffering or struggle, or maybe one's coming that you don't know about. But let's be prepared, no matter what we go through, to show the patience that God wants us to show. Father, I pray for these that are here today. I pray that as we think about the when and the why and the how of godly patience through suffering, I pray that you will help us. We can't do this on our own. And I pray that any, any believer here that's here today and they're, they're struggling with something, I pray they'll give it up to you and just trust in you just, and put people around them that will walk with them through whatever it is they're going through. Now, for those that don't know you, Father, I pray that uh, you'll just tug on their hearts today because the cool thing is anybody that's going through a struggle, you want to walk with them through that. And so if you're in this, in this room today and you've never made a decision to follow Christ, you've never given your life to him, he's greater than anything you could imagine. Just like we sang a while ago, he is greater than, He can overcome anything you go through. It doesn't matter what the sins are in your past, what you've done. He wants to give you a fresh start today. Everyone in this room has a past. And I'm thankful, and we're all thankful, that God forgives us of that past, forgives us of those sins. And we can spend eternity with Him because we gave our lives to Him. And so if you do not have a relationship with Christ, Man, I pray that as we sing here in just a minute, if you'd like to come and pray with one of our prayer partners about what that means, what it means to have a relationship with Christ, man, I pray you'd come forward and do that. Or you may be here, anybody in this room that may just need prayer for a struggle they're going through. Maybe you're having a tough time being patient the way God wants you to be. Man, we want to pray with you. We want to encourage you. We want to love you today. I pray that Uh, God will just move as we sing. And as we sing this song, just think about the words because they're powerful. They're so true. Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd stand, and we're going to sing and we're going to worship. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.